I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Tony. He suffers from chronic pain. Let's talk about it. Um, all right. We're, uh, we're sitting here with our new friend, Tony, all the way from Alberta. Yes. Nailed it. Yeah, I, there was a, there was a question there there was a question mark there because I was I was kind of actually not sure, but I'm glad we figured that out together. Um, uh, Tony, you are I'm I so I want to I want to preface this by saying this this is this is that we've done I don't know offhand how many episodes we've we've published up to date, but it's over 300 for sure. And in terms of speaking with guests who ha- who live with with um, with illness, any ver- variety of illness, we've spoken to. Uh, you know, we're getting we're getting pretty close to the three hundred. It's not quite there, but like o- almost three hundred people. And I don't think to date we have covered the the topic of chronic pain, but it is something that we have <clears throat> had um, quite a few people apply to be on the show to talk about. <clears throat> and the reason why I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you about it, Tony, is because I feel like it's one of those things. It's it's like it's uh, <clears throat> it's a condition that sounds so vague that I think a lot of people just just really have no grasp on what the fuck does chronic pain even mean? Yeah, I mean it's I was, pretty. Well, like I it's, was gonna say I was gonna say that like we've had a lot of guests who experience what I would call chronic pain through 100%. dealing with their illness. Yeah, 100%. Um, but for, for like, so, so as someone who, who is, you know, like our main topic today is chronic pain, someone who's in that realm, someone who's suffering from that, um, what it, what, like from your perspective, what is chronic pain? What does that mean? Um, so, <laughs> good question. Um, chronic as in, you know, really long lasting pain as you know, experiencing pain. And beyond that, right? Like, like you said, it's really tough to, to nail it down because I think it does come in so many different ways, right? Mm. You can get chronic low back pain, get chronic headaches, um, all sorts of pain, like chronic pelvic pain that we just learned about recently. Um, and then you have things like fibromyalgia. So I think chronic pain really is a catch all word. Mm-hmm. And it encompasses a lot of different things and different people experience it differently. Like you said, some people will experience that as part of another illness, right? Mm-hmm. And some people have that as their primary symptom, um, which is kind of where I came from. Right. Now, okay, so having said that, does does chronic pain, <clears throat> um, does it, is it always a, is it always a byproduct of a, like an original I don't know how to word this, like an original um, incident per se, <clears throat> you know, like is chronic pain always a byproduct of like an original di- like disease and or injury 
or can chronic or can chronic pain just like fucking just appear start. one day? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, I guess I got yeah. chronic pain. Or or is it or is it um, the medical the medical uh, the medical thing to say when they're like, we don't know what's going right. on, or is right. it aliens? <laughs> yes, I mean most of like, Or is it flatter? Okay, here we or go. Or definitely aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, so I'm not a pain specialist, right? So sure, okay, sure, of course. Mislead people here. Um, what I've seen is mostly starts with some kind of original insult. Um, but to me, honestly, I can't even remember mine um, that mm. well. Um, and for some people, I guess it could come on insidiously, right? Like you have. Um, you're sitting too long, gradually have some like chronic low back pain. There's really no like acute injury that happens. Like, you know, you're not in a car accident, you're not, you didn't fall or anything. Um, and you have some really crazy stuff. Like I was uh, shadowing in this uh, physiotherapy clinic and we had this little girl and she had this, um, this ankle injury. And after the ankle injury, she developed what's called a complex regional pain syndrome where her like foot and ankle would like swell up, it would get really cold or really hot. Mm. Um, and she couldn't even put her shoes on. But that came from original sort of um, mm. injury. Um, yeah, I, I mean, good question. Who knows, <laughs> right. So, I, okay, so then I guess to, be, to, to state it more towards you and mm-hmm. your, your experience, um, what, it, like, what is your, what, do you, what, are, what are you experiencing? What is your chronic pain? Like how does that manifest for you? Yeah, so it started probably almost 10 years ago. I was probably in like first or second year university. And I don't remember the exact moment I started, but I remember started feeling like I was wearing glasses and just the pressure of those like arms on the glasses on my temples was hurting so much. It was like a vice around my head all the time. Mm-hmm. And even taking it off didn't help very much. Um Taking the vice off your head? You actually just had a vice on your head? <laughs> it was causing you pain? Or? Even just, like, just the glasses itself, right? And, and, right, um, right. And even when I took off, to get off, it got a little bit better, but it didn't like, uh, go away. And it just stayed like that. Um, so I don't remember an exact trigger, but it stayed like that. And um, it was like unrelenting like 24 7 well not 24 7 because when i'm sleeping i can't feel it but mm. the moment i wake up to the moment i sleep i feel this pain and it starts evolving like it start moving like in different spots on my head right and um start changing how i felt and, and that's my experience with it i you know try to get a diagnosis but it was really does it cool. does it come up in like um I've, I've had, uh, I've had in the past, um, I've, when I was, when I was really young, I had experience with like, with, um, headaches that, that would, that would, that would, um, that would last for, for weeks and they'd be like low grade, but they just never seemed to go away. And I would, and I remember when I was probably 10 or so, it would, it would last into, like, I would get picked up from school because it was like, Hey, this is like the fifth day in a row that I've been complaining that I had a headache and, and and you know that lasted for a while and then it went away and but I had a similar incident a few a few years ago and and you know I was like I need gla- I must need glasses because I'm my eyes must be straining because I'm 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 waking up with a headache every day or it must be like am I staring at screens too much or you know I'm trying to find the reason for what it is and 
And I started to get into this rhythm of being like, this is just how it is now. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to go away is, and I've never experienced it outside of headaches, but with, with your experience with chronic pain, is it something that, that moves around? Like you said, like it's your eyes and then is it like you experience pain in another place and then all of a sudden like that's the place <laughs> where that now the pain lives or is it always, is it always in the same places unrelenting, you know, day in and day out um, or does it move around to different places and like manifest differently? Yeah, that's really interesting um, that you have that experience as well. Um, so at the beginning, I would say it stayed in the same place, like around my, just above my ears where the glass would sit, right? Um, and, um, but as time went on, like it started going like to the top of my skull, to the back, down my neck, into my shoulders. Um, one really interesting thing was actually for a long time, it would switch sides. So it would started on one side for one day. Then the next day when I wake up, it'd be on the other side. They never crossed that middle line for some reason. Mm. And that was just really strange. And, you know, like, I think my doctors had a really hard time trying to figure out what it was. Um, there was something really interesting called, I think, hemicranial neuralgia. Oh, man, I can't exactly remember. But there's this really weird disease, too, where you have a headache on one side of your head. And I thought maybe that's it. But then for them, they don't really move around. And interestingly, uh, just a few years ago, for a while, the headache went away, but I had this really weird rib pain down like where my stomach would be. So like the left lower rib cage. And when I have the headache, I wouldn't have that pain. When I have that pain, I wouldn't have the headache. And I was like, this must be related, but I can't figure out why. And um, so... For a while, I thought like maybe this is something neurological, right? Something in your brain, where it's like turning on one part of your brain and then turning on another part. Mm. But uh, did you? I mean, sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, 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 no. You you go take. Go go ahead. I was just gonna say that that's like that's that was something that that popped into my head when we started. Like, what is the? And especially since it, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's just so much on. There's so many un. There's so many question marks. There's so much unanswered about like why is this happening? What's going on? How, what, what, what amount of it is, what amount of it is physical and what amount Mm. of it is neurological and like, you know, is it, is it something that's happening in the brain where there's like, you, you are like, I don't know, ultra sensitive to your pain receptors are ultra sensitive or they're firing Mm. at like a more constant, like, um, as a, as a, as a med student, you're in your second year med school right now? Second year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, First of all, I guess does does your experience influence your reasoning to get into medicine, or is it kind of like vice versa? But now that you're in medicine and that's where you kind of wanted to go, that like that kind of like influences like this desire for like finding answers in your own experience um, with with what you've gone through. Yeah. So absolutely, um, I didn't intend to go to medical school. When I went to university, I, um, I was a terrible student, <laughs> I'll be honest. I think uh, I graduated with a, like a GPA that was below three, you know, and um, it was really through this experience. Is that, wait, is that bad, guys? <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yo, man, I'll, I'll give you, like, for reference, like, I think the average GPA in my class was, like, a 3.85 or, like, 
in your med school class, like when you started in my med, med school, school class. class. Yeah. yeah, a bunch yeah. of fucking nerds, a bunch of nerds, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was a terrible student. And, um, and, and then, like, it's through this experience, like, going through, like, a bunch of doctors, like, trying to figure out, like, going to the ER sometimes, and just this whole experience going through the healthcare system and feeling pretty, I don't know, ignored, um, unheard, misunderstood. That's what triggered me to start thinking about pursuing this as a career to see the other side of healthcare. I actually worked at um, Calgary Lab Services. So it's sort of like our, like, it's where you go to get blood drawn, basically, right? Mm-hmm. I worked there for three years and, you know, I was getting some experience trying to see what it was like on the other side. And I was like, well, really, if I want to make a difference and if, if I really want to learn about what's going on with me, I need to become a doctor. Mm. And so that's I such a crazy. That's a crazy thought. Like, if I, if I I would like to think that if something went wrong with me, I wouldn't think I wouldn't have to go down the thought process of thinking like, oh, if I want to figure out what's going on with me, I need to become a doctor. I'd like to think that like there are doctors that can already help me out. But like, it, I I'm understanding this now that like you're talking about dealing with your chronic pain and nobody knowing what's really happening to you. You're like, well, fuck if nobody can tell me then like the best thing I can do to ha- is, is try to help myself, which means becoming a fucking doctor. Yeah. Like the ultimate that is research a wild, project. That's a wild <clears throat> thought process. Well, like, that's why we became totally podcasters. You know, like yeah. we, we, I remember like the three of us were sitting in, together at the library and this person that we didn't even know just came up to us and said, you guys don't know how to fucking talk to people. You guys don't know how to speak to humans. And we were like, we got to figure this shit out. Let's become podcasters. It's weird. We haven't figured it out yet. (laughs) Uh, uh, Tony, so I I take it, Tony, that like, you know, you, when the, when you were, when you were going through this process of like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in my, in my head, like where, where is this pain coming from? Did did you like around that time? Did you, did you get any satisfying answers or concrete answers from, from your healthcare providers as to like what the fuck was happening to you or like, or, or are you still to this day? Like I, I, I'm still trying to find that the answers to that. Yeah. Short answer. No. (laughs) Um, but yeah, going kind of along with Taylor and Brian said, you know, Taylor said it becomes your new normal. Like when it Mm. went so long, like my pain wasn't extreme. I'd rate it like, on its worst day, like a six or seven out of 10. And usually every day it's like a three or four out of 10. Right. But it's just, it just grinds away at you day after day, you know, like 10 years is a long time to be feeling Mm -hmm. that way every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the motivation came from to go to medical school. I think if I didn't have that motivation, I would have just been like the old me back in undergrad, skipping classes, you know, (laughs) not doing homework. Mm. Um, but that was a really good motivation. Um, and then, so going back to what you said, Jeremy, um, so I started off, I think with optometrists cause I'm like, Oh, the glasses are digging to my head. It's clearly the glasses. Sure. Problem. Right. Uh, went through like five or six pairs, you know, that never helped. Went to my family doctor and he was like, ah, you know, maybe something wrong with your jaw, like a temporal mandibular joint disorder. Um, got a night guard fitted to like help split my teeth open during sleep. So I don't grind, um, got massages, physiotherapy, um, 
biofeedback. Um, oh man, like just quite a few things. Um, what's what's biofeedback? Yeah, it's um, it's like they they measure the electrical activity of your muscles, the activity of your muscles, and they put it on a screen so you can see it. Crazy. Whoa. And then from that, they try to go back and be like, okay, this muscle is overacting. This muscle's too relaxed. Hmm. And we're going to try to adjust everything so that it helps. You know, I probably spent, with all of this stuff together, um, like probably like a few thousand dollars trying to get everything yeah. sorted and nothing helped. Um, hmm. I even went down to the States uh, when my family doctor said it was a, a teeth problem, like a jaw problem. There was a dentist in the States who does some procedure that helps to align your bite and things and like that i traveled down to the states like stayed for like a few days you know we were there for like a couple hours and it didn't help man did he did did you go through with that procedure yeah yeah um, How, did your did your bite change did, did like did, were you like oh no no my teeth like fit together this way or i don't <laughs> feel there's like no yeah that, yeah he was just it was just a quack doctor just just that's wild like, because yeah. i i got an invisalign in um like three weeks ago now and it's so crazy because like they give you i have like 33 weeks of molds or whatever and you just put a new tray in every week and like even i mean the first tray my teeth and bite feel totally different uh, a week later, I'm I'm almost adjusted to that, and then you change it again. And all of a sudden, it's like thrown off again, and it just mm. constantly feels uh, different. But the worst part is, is that they glue uh, these little like nubs onto your teeth so that the trays click into them, and um, the the like the the little nub, one of the little nubs that he glued onto my teeth was just like sort of off and just under my or like on the top of my tooth a little bit, and it was catching when I when I was biting and like creating this like sort of like lump feeling in my mouth like I had something stuck in my teeth and it's the most frustrating thing you know when you have like something stuck in your your teeth and you're trying to get it out and it just feels uncomfortable it's that 24 hours a day yeah it's it's, well, I think that's don't why get me wrong. It's not can... fucking as bad as chronic pain. Well, I was gonna say, Brian, you know, you might have chronic pain. Uh, it sounds like what you're trying to do, say is that you think you have chronic pain. No, well, Tony said I, his I, I is know. a six or a seven. You know, oftentimes a three or four. Mine's probably a point five. Yeah, point five on the pain scale, but the discomfort scale. I mean, it's it's probably well, yeah, it's probably there. a ten out of ten. So I, I know I know you guys are joking around, but like, but honestly, what I hear what I hear in that is is. <clears throat> I, I I think that that a lot of people can put their their can step into the shoes for a moment of what it of what it might be like to experience um, what you're going through, Tony, on this like really small scale. Like I've had it with he- I've had it with headaches. Uh, like you know, people who have who have long lasting injuries, like that, you just start to like, like you said, like it becomes your new normal. Like mm. you start to feel like now it seems now I'm I'm not waking up anymore expecting it to be gone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now my expectation has changed. My expectation is this is going to be here tomorrow when I wake up. This 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 you know you roll your ankle and it and it sticks around for months and months and months and mm. and it seems like the pain never goes away you have headaches and they just never seem to go away and you go through the doctor process and you know like i went through that i went through the glasses thing i went through you know are you grinding your teeth are you what are you like 
like what's going on here and your new normal becomes i'm just going to have to deal with this the next day and mm. you know obviously the major difference being that like year, years of going through this is it, i mean it, it it sort of equates to me mentally as like tor- uh, torture because mm. I, I, do, do you does it feel does it feel like that? Like when you when you is there a piece that you make with it or or does it continuously or is it periods? Like do you do you go through periods where you're like this is uh, this is driving me insane that I'm experiencing this and it won't go away and then other times where you're like this is just how it is and you know say la vie. Yeah, this goes into I think a really interesting like uh neurology um when you talked about like so so pain is really your body's signal that something is wrong mm. and your your brain's automatic interpretation of that is there's something wrong mm. and so it's really hard to ignore right because that's like it automatically interprets it as something being wrong that's sort of like the definition of pain right you have the mm. sensation coming in and there's the interpretation on top of that so it's distressing like i i I think it's really hard to make it not distressing. You'd actually have to tell yourself it's not distressing in order to not freak out. Mm-hmm. But when you're just feeling it, the automatic response is, oh my God, there's something wrong, right? It's making you stressed out. It's it's distressing. Um, and I think earlier on, you talked about like sort of this um, gate control theory of pain. Um, you kind of touched on it when you talked about how Sometimes you have these sensations, but <clears throat> you don't necessarily interpret it as pain, right? And sometimes you can have these apparently normal sensations that you interpret as pain, right? Something they call, I think, allodynia, where, you know, for some people, if you just brush, like, your finger on their arm with, like, a feather, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll feel extreme pain. Yeah. yeah. There's something neurological going on. There is something physical going on. And it's just a really complicated thing altogether. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little bit off track, but the answer to your question is, yes, it, 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 it kind of grinds away at you, right? And it's in, almost impossible to not feel distressed. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse! I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. I feel like this is a really good moment to throw to a question that actually came in through our Patreon community. Um, They knew that we were going to be speaking to you. And um, this is a question from our patron, Jill. Um, What treatments are best for your chronic pain outside of medications, if any? And what are your thoughts on pharmaceutical treatments for chronic pain, such as narcotics? Um, And then a second part. Also, what are some of the obstacles in diagnosing slash finding the cause of chronic chronic pain, which we've kind of touched on? But yeah, um, what what it like? What are what are the best what are the best treatments that you've found for your chronic pain? And have you gone down the road the the road slash route of 
of like of narcotics or or painkillers in that way? Um, so medications, yeah. So I've tried um, baclofen, which is a uh, muscle relaxant. I've tried uh, amitriptyline, which is a uh, antidepressant, an old type of antidepressant they use to treat uh, neurological pain. Hmm. Neither of those helped. Um, I didn't take any like hardcore narcotics. I've taken like Tylenol threes, right, which have a little bit of codeine in them. Hmm. Um, have you tried taking all three of those together? Because that sounds <laughs> real fucking. Oh, fun. yeah, I haven't. But I mix in a little bit of whiskey in there, and it's just yeah, yeah. like <laughs> totally lit. Guys, this is not. That's not funny. Don't I'll say though, that one one time I took baclofen, the muscle relaxant, with weed. And oh wow! I, I greened out like completely. Like oh wow, out. really? Whoa! Yeah. Uh, interesting. Oh my god! <laughs> Was it just so the weed though? Because like yeah. I've greened out without taking anything with weed, and yeah, it's been bad. It's <laughs> yeah, not I've fun. It's out. definitely I've not out fun. On just weed. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I um, wonder if it helped though. <laughs> yeah. On the, um, on the <laughs> actually though, the, the last time I greened out, I, I th- this is actually a true story. I had like very very severe severe back pain. Couldn't like like L shaped. Couldn't move. I have like I have a dude. I actually should like look into. I, sh- I should see someone for my back pain. Here comes and I'm, I'm science, let, folks. I'm actually letting it get to like <laughs> I, I I'm not, I'm not joking. Like it's I it's I, hear I you, think Jer. it's from I think it's from my coughing, but. Who knows what it's from? Anyway, um, I took a, I took I took I do I took forty milligrams of uh, forty milligrams of um, really high concentrate THC oil, and uh, it was it was uh, Rick Simpson oil, and I didn't mean to take that much, but I did, and I pretty much greened out. Yeah. Taylor, you we were had, with me. We you had to babysit we, me. Yeah, it was a it was an experience. And I and I will tell you, I woke up the next day though, and I felt. Uh, I don't know what, like, I, I mean, my back, I, my back wasn't cured, but I sure did feel a lot better than I did the day before. And I, and, and I was like, I was like, did I, it, it, it reminded me of that episode of the Simpsons where he has the back pain and someone pushes him over the, the garbage can and he falls on the garbage can. And it's like, he turns it into like the, he, he becomes like the neighborhood chiropractor where he oh, yeah, invites yeah, people yeah, over and just that. pushes yeah, them yeah. onto the, chi- the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the garbage can. So I was like, maybe, maybe 40 milligrams of, <laughs> maybe 40 milligrams of high concentrate THC oil can be my garbage can where I'll just invite people over and go here, take one of these and see what happens. I digress. I digress. On the, uh, on the treatment, on the treatment side of things, um, and I'm curious to hear hear your thoughts on this from like the uh, from your um, from y- your experience um, being in medical medical school and going down that path is um, I was uh, uh, actually you know what I can say this I can say this now um, today I officially I officially um, am done with a long standing um, legal thing that was going on from me being hit by a car about a year and a half ago and. Um, Oh, I thought and you were talking about the other legal thing that we decided we would never say on the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, no, we're never going to bring that up. We're, we're not going to talk about that. No, okay, never, yeah, yeah. we'll leave never, that. never, we'll leave never. That. Yeah. Um, we'll cut so, this. We'll make sure to cut this. <laughs> we'll cut, so, Donovan, cut that out. Donovan, can you cut that out? Thanks. We just don't want anyone am, to know that so, that's a thing. <laughs> so I will just say that today is a very happy day because that is officially a, a closed chapter in my life. But um, after I got hit by the car, I was I broke my pelvis and I had broken ribs and a bunch of a bunch of issues. So um, I was going to physio for a long time and. Um, I want to take a, uh, just a moment to give a huge shout out to Drew Stratton, who is my physio here in Halifax. Um, he takes such amazing care of his patients. And his name is like, Jew. Did you say Drew? Jew? 
Drew. Oh, geez. I was like, I was like, I've never heard, I've never, never heard, heard that, name, that before. name before. Yeah, um, Drew Stratton um, at Ford Physiotherapy. You know, <laughs> this episode is not sponsored by uh, his <laughs> his physiotherapy clinic, but he is awesome. Super bought into his patients and um, does. A lot of research. We get um, it, and and I just I just want to give a huge shout out to him. But anyway, I was going through um, treatment with him, and I had I had this issue where I was like getting these like pain spikes in my hip, and he was he would he would um, manipulate me and 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 try to find out like what what ranges of, of motion are are causing this, what's coming up for it, and he he found like that it was really perplexing to him that. There was a bunch of movements where I would get some pain and then ones where I wouldn't. And the way that they all sort of correlated together left him with a, a bunch of question marks. And he was going, listen, I'm going to try dry needling on you. And he was like, by all accounts, the research and the science on dry needling and if it works or if it doesn't is like, like very, very much a question mark. You know, like sometimes some people find that it's really helpful. Some people don't. And from a research standpoint, there's really no evidence that says why or why not? And just putting that out there. So I'm not an advocate for it. I'm just putting it out there as an option. And I was like, all right, let's try it. And he, he said like the theory was something along the lines of you've got pain, you've got these pain, these, um, these like spikes of pain here. And we're going to Mm -hmm. like, we're going to like dig into the muscle and basically like, um, try to like elicit, um, what he was saying, like might be, you know, quote unquote real pain, by poking and prodding the muscle and giving it, and then he would do like a little electrical thing on it as well. And, um, and I always left feeling relieved and I would report that back to him and he'd basically say, Hey, like, great. I can't really tell you why that is. And, um, you know, some people it works some some people it doesn't. So I just put it out there as an option. Um, have you, have you, in terms of the idea of having pain somewhere, like you said, you had the pain in your head and then you have it in your rib. And when you had it in one place, you didn't have it in the other. Mm. And I'm wondering like, if you have come across anything that speaks to like why that might be like when you have pain somewhere, but then all of a sudden you draw your attention to another place in the body, all of a sudden that doesn't, that you just don't, you don't feel it there anymore. It's like, is it in a, you know, is there an attention aspect to this? Like the neurological, just cause you brought up the neurological, the, how we're kind of going in this neurological pathway here, like what's going on there. And, you know, it's, it sort of comes up and I feel like some people think like, Hey, you've got pain here, like punch you in the shoulder. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, cool. Like I, now I just feel it in my shoulder and I don't feel it where I did it before. Um, in your medical experience, um, at school or anything like, has anything come up around that? Like, I, I, and I'm, I'm actually kind of curious about dry needling and as you, you kind of gave me the, the hand wave there. And if you know anything about that, I'd love to know. Yeah. So, um, I guess this is still a lot of topic of treatment. So I'll kind of just go through a little bit of my experience with that. Mm. Um, so I did go through physio and part of that was dry needling. Honestly, it helped for one hour, like after the treatment, right? Mm. And they come back and I did it at least 10 times, I think. And at some point I was just like, well, I can't be paying this much money for one hour of relief every single yeah. time. Yeah. Right? Um, and talking about sort of that distraction thing, right? Like if you hurt somewhere else, then you don't hurt there anymore. That is true, right? Like when we have a t- when I had a tummy ache as a kid, right? Just watching TV would make it go away. 
Mm-hmm. And that is the neurological part. Like your brain is attending to one thing, so it's not attending to something else. And so it's shutting it out, right? It's like a filter. Um, and I think that is really the, the theory, the, the theory of the day going around with pain is sort of like with chronic pain, they may have had an original injury of some sort. But the fact that it lingered on long after this injury should have healed kind of means that something neurological is going on. But there's another aspect to it too. So for me today, I can actually say that I am almost pain-free now. Um, And I figured this out within the last year, Um, just something that helped, which (laughs) is kind of crazy. So um, I would go on Wikipedia. I would look at a list of every single muscle in the body. And I'll go through them one by one, doing like the doing the action that the muscle is supposed to do and then doing the reverse. Like, like you would do that in your own body? Like you would in my own body. Wow. Cool. Okay. From the head, Uh like starting from like, you know, the muscles on your forehead, the muscles on the back of your head, you know, your eyebrows in the middle of your, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can do that a lot better than I can. (laughs) Wait, wait. So you You would just be like, like focusing. No one could see that, but I was bouncing my eyebrows. Like sort of uh, like, um, in in like in like a practice of yoga or whatever, you're like really trying to tune into certain muscles in your body. You would just go through a list and try to activate them and do the action that that muscle is supposed to do, and sort of isolate it or or use the muscle groups around it to support that movement as well. Some things you can isolate. Some things I just don't think you can really isolate. Like it's okay. pretty hard to isolate that one tiny muscle somewhere on your face, right? Like yeah, right, right. Like that'd be just a twitch. Jerry, <laughs> <Like, laughs> um, you're pretty good, actually. <laughs> and, and also, you know, you can't do it once, right? You do it once, you know, you might not see the effect just yet. So you yeah. you have to do it, you know, regimen in a regimented way. And it, I did that throughout the first year of medical school. Um, how and long would that take? From my studying. Man, like, so doing the research, right? Reading into everything and then mm. trying to, like, uh, discipline yourself to do the exercises. Uh, talking at least three to four hours a day. Whoa. Whoa. And, you, and so you would sit there wow. three to four hours a day. And, what, like, I'm, I'm curious, what, what was your theory around the reason, the rationale behind doing that? Like, what did you think it would do or what were you hoping that that would do? Oh. Uh, what happened was I started noticing um, that certain motions that I would do would help with the headaches a little bit. In particular, like turning to my left or turning, like, so hmm. bending my neck to the left or turning my whole face to the left, right? And certain shoulder motions. Um, and for some reason, I think the physio didn't elicit these trends out of me, but going through, the, going through them in a very systematic way did. Um, and so I figured out specific exercises that helped me with my pain. And through a period of several months, I started noticing the pain getting better. At first it was like, I have to do this like five, honestly, at the beginning, it was like five, six hours a day. You know, at first I had to do it that much in order to see relief. And then towards the end, it got less and less. Right. Were you were you like skipping like your toes and stuff at the end of it? Like I imagine you're doing your entire body the first few days or whatever, but then you start to think like, well, I know that if I move my head to the left or sort of look over my shoulder, that's giving me some relief. So were you focusing more on that area over time or were you still doing most of your body? So you're right. At the beginning, it was like a big net, right? 
like big body parts, like top head to toe, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then towards the end, you, I started gaining some experience with what helps and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? And I started just throwing things out um, and, and really narrowing down. And and so talking about this, um, what, what I'm trying to get at, I think, is for me, it was a bit of a musculoskeletal thing that through physio, because I guess it's so, like I needed something that was very tailored to myself, right? That just going to the physio and getting these standard exercises didn't necessarily help. And, but at the end of the day, I do think that exercise and physio is like the first line therapy for most chronic pain, right? That's not neurological, mm-hmm. right? That is sort of what we, we're learning now is it's exercise, it's strengthening, um, and I think for me, what happened was when this pain started, my body became scared to move in some way. Like in some muscles just start shutting down mm-hmm. because they were painful. Mm-hmm. And over time, what happened was they weakened to the point where they couldn't support me anymore. Mm. And so now I was just in pain all the time. Even once the original insult was gone <clears throat> and then we had to take a long time to build that back up. Another example I can speak to is uh, one of my friends in Australia. He's actually uh, a physiotherapist and he's a big weightlifter guy, right? Like he lifts tons of weights. He was jacked in high school. Like me. Um, <laughs> and um, That's the funniest joke you've had, ever told on Sick Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he had this major back injury from lifting weights and he got scared to move because he was in so much pain. And so basically yeah. for six months to a year, he just took it off. Mm-hmm. And the pain never went away until he started going back to the gym and despite the pain, trying to work himself up to doing some exercises. Dude, I have I have almost the exact same story. Um, I was playing rugby and I tore my quad in three places Blah. and I had a full leg cast for uh, four months. And um, I... So I didn't use my leg at all for four months. And it was it was so painful to the point where I would be standing to brush my teeth. And even the back and forth movement of my hand was firing the stabilizer muscles in my leg, mm. even though my mm. weight wasn't being held on it. And it was like excruciatingly painful. Mm-hmm. And um, That's gross, dude. I remember going to the doctor after like four months and they did an ultrasound of the muscle. And he was like, it's good. It's fine. And I and I was like, I can't use it. I can't. I can't. Like, I'm still using crutches. I can't walk. Um, and and he said, Well, you should be able to. It's fine. There's no like. It's You're totally tripping. healed. And I remember trying. It took me almost a full year to be able to run again because Whoa. my brain just wouldn't let. Mm. Like, I had turned off the muscle. I'd turned it off from firing, yeah, right. and it just wouldn't work. It wasn't painful anymore but like there was no there was like almost no control over it and and it took so long i mean it took long it took a year for me to get that back yeah. um but i could only imagine what that would be like if you were experiencing uh pain at the same time well there's such a psychological like there's such a psychological aspect to it i mean like i was walking into drew's clinic for a period where he was like where, where i where i would go i limped in here I don't need to. Like we would go through exercises and I would go, oh, I'm not limping when we do these exercises. But then I, but I was limping in and I would go, man, I have like a, I have 
I'm now in this stage where I have a psychological limp because my expectation is that it's going to be not strong enough, not going to be able to support it. I'm experiencing, I'm even experiencing pain in a sense (coughs) that is causing the limp, but it's not actually there. There's like, it's almost like it it becomes like purely, purely psychological. I think it, and again, speaks to that, like that, that long time horizon when you tear a muscle, um, or whatever it might be that is like lingering for a long time, it becomes the the new expectation that it's going mm. to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like so, so when you, I, I, I wanted to ask when you said muscular that you found that it was musculoskeletal for you. What's your um, what's your perspective on 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 fascia, and is that kind of what you is that sort of what you mean by fascia musculoskeletal, like how they how the whole like kind of system interacts with itself or do you have any fascist sort of fascist seems to be something that like is connective tissue can it's yeah connective tissue but like in it seems to like how do i put this like in um we all have like yoga backgrounds and there's like there's an aspect to yoga that um goes into like anatomy and physiology and sometimes it's hard to draw the line on like where that goes into a realm that isn't that isn't as scientifically connected as it as you 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 might want it to be mm. and that that's that becomes like a bl- a bit of a blurred line and fascist seems to be one of one of those to a to a certain degree um am i like totally going off in a place that makes no sense here or do you is fascist something that you have any any experience with or knowledge on um, yeah, you saw me making faces because I, 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 that yoga point of view, I don't really understand. So in medical school, the way we understand fascia is, like Jeremy said, it's connective tissue. And the way we think about it is that it's this layer, you know, when you buy meat, right? Mm-hmm. And they have this like white sheet or sometimes mm-hmm. loosened sheet on top of the meat. That's when we think of, it's like a packaging. It's like a saran wrap around the muscle, mm-hmm. Right. And so by yeah, itself, that, that's, how, that's how I understand what it, it can well, do. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I guess I don't really understand what the clinical significance of that is outside of the muscle and the nerves themselves. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, like, we've always kind of, and Jerry, you can jump, jump in here if you want. I've, I've always kind of understood it as like, as like, um, uh, I have this experience with Kyla, actually my, my partner where, where she doesn't have a knot in her body. But yet if I were to kind of like grab a chunk of her skin and pull it, she, she experiences like a really high degree of sensation. And, and through, from what I can tell is like the muscle is the, the, like the meat of the muscle is not, is not, doesn't have a stiffness to it, but the connective tissue of the and the fascia has a, is, is tight. And that that elicits the the, the is why you can't find the you can't find the um, you can't find the knot in the muscle, but there's still a high degree of sensation um, when like the skin is when when you when the skin is pulled, um, and that like that could be the that it could be the reason why you know you <coughs> get a um, you get an injury in one place. And I hear a lot of it a, a lot around like scar tissue when you get scar tissue in one place, mm-hmm. and then that scar tissue starts to like it's like, you know, twisting your shirt and it starts to pull like these lines of fascia. 
And then that elicits a response, you know, you get an, an injury on your hip and scar tissue on your hip. And then that elicits like a response on your like opposite shoulder because of like this tension that's now being pulled. And I've always kind of been like, and, and again, from like the yoga perspective and being like really kind of critical, I've always kind of thought like, I don't know how much of that is, is scientifically accurate and how much of that is like yoga world mumbo jumbo to explain why you mm. might have pain somewhere. Yeah. I mean like to, 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 well, to just like hop on there, Taylor, like for, to, you know, like if you go to a massage therapist, a massage therapist is, is going to, um, you know, if they get their hands on you and they start to manipulate your body and feel tension within you, they're, they're likely going to say, Hey, there's like, there's a lot of like fascial tension happening in this area. And so like a part of their practice is to release that fascia, release that connective tissue so that there's more room to give relief to, you know, tension through the muscular system or what have you. Um, and I think like, you know, when it comes to like a yogic perspective, this idea of like, for example, a yin practice, it's like the thought of yin is like, taking these long holds of, of, of in a position that's, that's creating a stretch in a certain part of your body. And the notion that like, you know, the, the longer you hold it, the less tension you're holding while you're holding it, the more the fascia will release and create space for that muscle to in turn, you know, re- release or relax. Um, I think that I, I think I don't like, I don't think there's, I, I think that I think that there's like, I'm saying what I think or what I don't think. I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but but I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that like scientifically that's sound. That's pretty sound. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. but but for for someone to be like, oh, well, you're experiencing pain here. Um, y- y- what you need to do is is spread your legs and try to get your chest to- as close to the ground as you can uh, as you can get and hold that for five minutes and your pain will go away. That's where you start to lose me. That's where that's where you mm. that's where I go. Mm-hmm. I don't think you know enough of what you're talking about because there could be a, a, a myriad of different reasons why someone's experiencing pain somewhere versus somewhere else. Is like, is that what kind of what you were, you were sort of getting at Tay? Yeah. Yeah. And I really just think in talking about it for the last few minutes, I've kind of like answered my own question, which is, <laughs> yeah, right, which is, right, okay. which is that I was, I was thinking of it in a different, in a different sense mm. and probably in a sense where it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, where, I was wondering if that was like, if that was a connection, um, if that was like in somehow playing a role Mm. in your, in your pain where you were like, well, if I do, if I do this movement and I look this way, um, Mm. um, okay. Um, I guess a better question would be, well, before you ask that question, can you just hold that for a second? Cause I just want to say, hold your horses, Alex Jones and Tim Dillon. I just want to, uh, I Googled some stuff to just make sure (laughs) that you guys aren't uh, spreading misinformation. (laughs) Wow. So I just want to highlight three things. I don't have enough time to do enough research, but I just wanted to say, there are three myths about fascia. One is uh, the fact is that uh, fascia doesn't stretch. Okay, so studies <clears throat> of fascial strength have shown that relative to its weight, it can withstand tension similar to that of steel. It doesn't stretch. Um, the second thing is that there's almost no friction between the skin and the underlying muscles in fascia, which means that any force applied along the skin to stretch or release the fascia beneath is doing no such thing because it can't. There's no friction to transfer the force of the skin to stretch the fascia. 
And the third thing is that clinicians cannot reliably detect restrictions in need of releasing, uh, contrary to what experts may tell you. Our hands are not super sensitive instruments capable of detecting the nuance in ounces of resistance. Emails, emails now. The emails are thresholds. They're already coming in. Uh, We often feel that we expect to feel, aka, confirmation bias. Right. Sure. What's Uh, the source there, Brian? I'm just wondering as well. Uh, It's it's a physical therapist that wrote it on their own blog. It's by Goth. Gotham Physical Therapy, and it's called Physical Therapy Myth Number Two. Gotham. Uh, Gotham is a city in a, in a fictional, in a fictional comic book. Brian, <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you hey, dug yourself a grave right there. Hey, I'm I'm fine with it. I just I'm just trying to combat your guys's misinformation with my own. Well, here, let's let's. Yeah. I, I want to rain. I, I do want to <laughs> yeah. rain it back in here. I want to rain it back in and and. Toss I was just it felt back. like it was getting a little bit. Yeah, it, was, scary it was good. Weather. It was good. It was good, Brian. Yeah, thanks. I want to rain it back in and just throw it back to Tony here. Um, in, in uh, just to, just to bring things back to like, um, your own, your own experience and your own perspective in particular, like what, wh- where, what's, what's Tony's life like today? Like, where are you at now in terms of, in terms of dealing with managing, experiencing the chronic pain that you've been, that you've been dealing with for an X amount of years now? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, so much better, obviously, now that the pain has gotten a lot more manageable. So I do still have pain sometimes. It's not completely gone, especially if I sit for a long period of time, like right now. <laughs> but right. um, but um, it, it's so much better. You know, just when it's no longer 24-7, that's the biggest game changer, right? Mm. Is when you can see an end to something, you want to see the end to the pain. That's, I think, the biggest thing. Mm. Um, so I experience pain maybe an average of one hour a day now, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and I no longer have to do so much uh, specific exercises. I do have to do it a little bit, especially, um, it was like three weeks ago, I had this shoulder injury and the pain just came right back. And it was a shoulder injury on my left shoulder. And I think, you know, that threw off that whole whole like chain of muscles up to my neck mm. and stuff, right? And so they mm-hmm. painting right back and I had to, you know, re- rehabilitate myself again. Um, other than that, it's much better. What I'm dealing with, I think, is a little bit of a psychological fallout, right? Like when you're, mm. when you've been in pain for so many years, um, I now see a psychologist at the, at the university and I basically had this fight or flight response all the time, constantly going right. for the past like 10 years, right? And that's driven me to be able to do a lot of things like getting to medical school. But at this point, it's starting to become a little bit counterproductive like I, for me to be so stressed out all the time, right? Mm. And so what I'm dealing with now a lot is how to tone that stress response down, how mm. to calm myself, right? And so a lot of like mindfulness type of stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, right. That, I mean, yeah, fuck, like, I, did, I didn't even... I didn't even I didn't even consider yeah, that that would be that that would be a thing, but that totally makes sense. You know, if mm-hmm. you're if you're constantly in a state of pain and discomfort physically, um, and and especially like over you know chronically over years and years and years, I mean the amount of stress that that's going to have on you mentally as well is it, it totally makes sense. How are you like? How are you finding? How are you finding the managing of that side of things now? Like, do you do you feel do you feel like um, 
you know, like like in terms of on on the path that you're on, do you feel like you're heading towards the light, or do you feel like you're still kind of trying to navigate your way through a really dark and 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 unknown place? I think the light is right in front of me, right? Mm. Like um, I, th- when I think back on it, I'm really grateful for how far I've come. Just comparing myself mm-hmm. now to like a couple of years ago, right? The place I was in. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be where I'm at right now. And I'm looking forward to be able to living a life that's much more normal and what I expected mm. than the life I had before. And I think part of my reason for wanting to come on this show was to kind of mm, be an example of hope, like be an example to some patients that like, hey, like there might be something that will get you through this, Right. Like nothing is really a miracle cure for everyone, right? What I did may not help everyone, but just to know that that's a possibility. Because I know Mm. when I was going through this, seeing examples of people getting out of it was what kept me going, Mm. right? Mm. Or else it's just like, oh my God, this is the rest of my life, right? And there's nothing I can do about it. But when I see someone doing about it, that's when I'm like, okay, now I have the motivation to do something. Yeah. And... Mm. Just the fact of like willing myself to go through the process of trying to get into medical school itself was in a way therapeutic, right? Like just mentally, I'm doing something about it. I'm doing something about the pain. I'm not just laying there in pain, right? Because that's the worst of it. I think Mm. a lot of patients, they get to a point where they're like, okay, I can't do anything about it. I'm in so much pain. I'm just going to lay in bed for the next like two days. And you know what? Your pain gets worse, (coughs) right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because one, your muscle is probably getting weaker. And two, you're probably strengthening those like connections, your brain, right? That's that's strengthening that pain mm-hmm. and making you worse. Yeah. Um, and you're left with no other input other than yeah. the pain that you're feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Like there's no distraction then if you're just laying there experiencing the pain. And I'll tell you, in the past, like, yeah, like five, six, seven years, um, basically every 10 days, I would have two days where I'm completely useless because of the pain. Because it takes right. energy mm-hmm. to it takes energy to suppress the pain, to keep mm-hmm. going, to do things, right? And then eventually you you run out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what happens every 10 days or so. And I am just useless. I'm like sitting on the couch, watching TV, eating ice cream sandwiches, being in pain. Mm. Um, ice cream sandwiches. That sounds like Taylor for like the few months after his car accident. Just laying on the couch, <laughs> yeah. eating ice cream sandwiches. It almost sounds like up it, a storm. Yeah, fart, fart, a lot of farting. It almost sounds like like you know like when you when you do a long road trip and you and and you are so ex- so exhausted from the the attention mm. that it takes to to concentrate on not crashing your car um, for hours and hours and you're exhausted. And when you think about it, you're like, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but in reality, yeah. it's like your mind is, is, is working very, very hard mm. to make sure that you stay within the lines that you're yeah. seeing everything coming. You kind of tuned me into something there, Tony. Um, I was about to ask my, the last thing that I wanted to ask was whether you were sharing you know, your, your process and the thing that worked for you and knowing that like, that's not going to work for everybody or maybe nobody, but maybe it will. And then, and then, and then you said that that was part of the reason why you wanted to come on the show. And I realized that sometimes I can forget that 
that this isn't just the, oftentimes I can forget that this just isn't the four of us sitting down having a conversation mm. and that they're like, but that's what it feels like. I mean, cause it is right at this moment, but then I can sometimes forget that then this is like a platform and like thousands of people listen and, and this is a stadium that, full of people. Yeah. And that this is like, <laughs> that, that this, like, literally, I, like, I, I just thought of that. And, and I think that there's something, I, I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this in the, in the, in the vein of, of like, Hey, I think you found the, uh, the thing that, that like everybody with chronic pain is going to be able to benefit from. But what I will say is that there is something, I think that there is something really, really legit about the, the effort that had to be put in. And when you come across something that takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and that it's not for the faint of heart to, to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to spend hours of every day completing these exercises and going through this process to see what the result might be. Um, I think that there's something to that. Cause I think that really anything worth doing is not easy and does not take a small mm-hmm. amount of time and is very rarely does come in the, the form of a pill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I, I really do hope that anybody, I mean, I know it's unique to you, but I really do hope that somebody out there, even if it's just one other person, um, can hear some of the process that you've, that you've taken to, to, uh, manage and, um, ameliorate your pain and, and take something from that and be able to benefit from it themselves. Mm. Yeah. And just like, don't give up. Right. I think it's very easy to give up when you've seen like a couple of doc, like maybe like, actually, I think crime pain patients see a lot of doctors, you know, mm-hmm. don't give up. You know, after you've seen 10 doctors, don't give up. You know, after you've seen like five physios, right? Like keep looking, Look on your own if you have to, right? Because, I mean, if this is so important to you, right, being in pain is so distressful, right, then I think it makes sense to put in that effort and to keep going, right? Um, And just talking about, I think, the reasons why physio didn't work for me was because it wasn't super individualized to me, right? Mm -hmm. So keep looking until you find someone who you can trust, who can build that relationship with, who will go through the effort, right, to tailor things to you mm. and mm-hmm. and then maybe you'll find your answer yeah yeah tony this has been uh really awesome to to sit down and chat with you to you know get into uh your experience with chronic pain and and uh i think uh i think it's going to be of value to a lot of people that listen to this so thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today to sit down and chat with us yeah thank you for having me For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.